where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford podcast. For coming to worship with us today. We truly, truly do appreciate it. Uh, you guys could have been anywhere else, but you are here as we navigate <clears throat> this awesome book of Hosea. Uh, for those of you guys watching online, we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, man, this has been a journey. You know, this, this book has been an experience. You know, it's it's easy for us to get caught up in the, the wow factor of the story when you see in chapter one that Fish talked about last week where God told the prophet Hosea to go marry uh, a prostitute. And, and it's like, man, God, please don't tell me to do nothing like that, you know? And, and you, you're just overwhelmed by that fact. But as we go through chapter two today, I want you guys to do me a favor. Where you see... Hosea's name, I want you to insert God's name there. And then where you see Gomer's name, I want you to insert Israel. Does that make sense? And so this, this entire book, this chapter is a beautiful illustration of the relationship between God and his people. You know, we've seen it all through scripture where um, people will be worshiping God, They'll be serving God, they get distracted, they go astray, God warns them, they get in trouble, and then it's, okay, let's go back. They worshiping God, they go astray, they get in trouble, they start doing crazy things, God warns them, and then they go back. And so and we're going to see that same thing uh, in chapter 2 of the book of Hosea. Now, there are some very colorful words, as Fish made known last week. Uh, so, again, once we get past that wow factor, man, this is truly a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of love and restoration and how powerful and relentless God's love is for us. Amen? So I'm going to pray and we're going to dive in. God, we thank you again for how you love us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. Um, Father, we are so honored to be called your children. God, I realize my flaws. I realize how imperfect I am, but you still choose to love me. God, I realize that every single day that I make mistakes, that I screw up, but you still choose to love me. And so, Father, I pray today you hide me behind the cross. Father, I am standing here empty, Father, desiring to be filled by you. I humbly and willfully submit my will and my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, you know, Fish did a very, very great job of breaking down chapter one for us last night. You know, last night. Yeah. Uh, last week when uh, God gave Hosea his instructions. Now, it's, again, very easy to get caught up in the fact that God told Hosea to do something extreme as that. 
But when you look at, again, the relationship between God and man and the relationship with Homer and his wife, Gomer, Hosea and his wife, Gomer, I'm operating on very little sleep. So please forgive me. Please forgive me. Um, and, and we see, again, this beautiful picture. So here in chapter two, you can imagine how Hosea is feeling. He's going through all this stuff and you almost get the sense that Hosea is now getting frustrated. He's getting upset because he tells the, chil the children in verses, verse two of chapter two, he says, plead with your mother. Plead for she is not my wife and I am not her husband that she put away her whoring, put away whoring from her face and adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and make her as the day she was born and make her like a wilderness and make her like a parched land and kill her with thirst. Hosea is tired of it. He's getting frustrated. But again, remember, I asked you where you see Hosea's name, put God's name and where you see Gomer's name, put Israel. See, God has gotten so frustrated with the worship of idols that Israel is doing that he is warning them, put away your adulterous ways or I'm going to make you pay. And when you see that word plead, that word plead is to make an emotional appeal. And so God is instructing the children of Israel and he's talking about the leaders of Israel. Yes, the priests and the political leaders put away your whoring ways. Or I'm going to make you pay. And then when you see him say, tell her that she is not my wife and I am not, my, I am not her husband, we see now the divorce proceedings are beginning to happen. He's fed up. He's tired. He's tired of uh, Gomer chasing after other men, other lovers, and, he's tired, and God is tired of the children of Israel worshiping false gods. And as we move through this, I want you guys to understand that none of us are perfect. I get it. But God has given us specific instructions to worship and to serve him. I, we get distracted, we get busy, and we find ourselves wrapped up in things sometimes that are not healthy. And so we see him tell her in verse, tell him in verse two, plead with your mother, plead for she is not my wife and I am not her husband that she put away her, put away whoring from her, her face and her adultery and adultery from between her breasts. Now, one commentator states that the face and the breasts basically represents the sexuality of a woman. And if you can imagine Gomer, She's getting up. She's getting dressed up. She's getting dolled up. She's putting on a jewelry. She's putting on, you know, she's getting all pretty for somebody else. She is fixing herself up, not for her husband. She's fixing herself up to catch the eye of another man. And so when we hear scripture say put away whoring from her face and from in between her breasts, that's telling us where Gomer's heart is. Her heart is chasing 
after other men. And just like Gomer, in this story, Israel's heart is chasing after other gods. God's getting fed up. He goes on to say in chapter in verse four, upon her children also I would have no mercy because they are children of whoredom for their mother has played the horse. She who conceived them has acted shamefully for she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my wool, my flax, my oil and my drink. And so we see that Gomer's children are now affected by what she has done. And I get it. I've heard so many people say, well, I'm only hurting myself. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Because if you don't think as parents, what we do affect our children, go all the way back to the garden. Every single last one of us are born into sin because of what Adam and Eve did. And so because of the heart and the actions of Gomer, the children are now, it, we, we see the names, Jezreel, meaning God's judgment, Lo uh, Ruama, meaning no mercy, and, and what's his name? No, Lo am I, meaning not my people. Because they were conceived in whoredom, promiscuity. Listen to what verse 6 says. And this is really, really cool. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns and I will build a wall against her so she cannot find her path. When we were in Africa, we went to one of the villages of the Maasai warriors. See, what they used to do back then is they used to uh, build a guided path for humans and animals that was lined with thorns for protection and to direct them where they needed to go. And so when we were in Africa, we went to this village and I noticed that all around this village, they had their fence built, but they had thorns wrapped around. And every single night they would have a guy, somebody standing at the entrance of that village, just in case a lion tried to get in. They wouldn't call warriors for nothing. And so can you imagine Hosea is saying, you know what? I am finna put obstacles in her way. So when she make, tries to make her way to go worship or to go find these other people, she won't be able to do it. And the hope behind that, if she can't get to them, then she'll turn around and come back home. And when we see scripture say, uh, I will build a wall. Now, Assyria was the nation that God used to prevent the children of Israel to go to the temples where they worshiped false gods. Because in his mind, in, in Hosea's mind, and in God's purpose for putting obstacles in their way, to, it was to drive them back to him. I remember reading a story some years ago of this kid had a toy boat. Really cool boat, loved his boat, played with his boat every single day. One day he went to the lake and he was playing with his boat and he couldn't swim and the boat got too far out there for him to go get it. And so he picks up a rock 
and he throws it out in front of the boat. And when a rock hits the lake, it causes ripples. And the, the force from the ripples forced the boat back towards him to the point where he was able to get it. Sometimes as children of God, when we get off path and when we get so far away from God, God will cause some trouble in your life to push you back to where you're supposed to be. And so in Hosea's mind, he's like, if I could just block her way, if I could put these obstacles in her way, that would make her turn around and come back home. But look at what Gomer says. Look, look at her heart. She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but she but shall not find them. Then she'll say, I will go and return to my first husband. For it was better for me then than now. And here's the craziness. And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, the oil, and who lavished her with silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Do you see that interesting twist? In the beginning of these verses, you see the word she. But at the end of verse 8, you see the word they. See the parallel? Just in case you thought I was lying, you see the parallel? God is using the life and relationship of Hosea to illustrate to us the life and relationship between him and the children of Israel. Now, earlier, I asked you to do something. I asked you to place Israel's name where we see Gomer. But now I want you to place your name there. I want you to place your name where you see Gomer, because see, we get so caught up sometimes chasing after the things of this world and we forget our first love. We get sometimes in this mindset that I did this for me or it's because of who I am or my family or how much money I got or where I live that I have the things I have and I do the things that I do, but we forget that it is God who blessed us with these things. Just like Gomer did not realize it wasn't her lovers providing all these things for her, it was her husband, Hosea. But in her mind, she is so caught up. Her mind is so adulterous. She is wrapped up so much in promiscuity that she thinks she is receiving these gifts because she is prostituting herself with other men. See, the wine, the oil, the bread, and all those things was prostitute wages back in that day. Those were things that were considered necessities for life. And she thought they were coming from other men, just like the children of Israel thought that they were being blessed because they were heading to the temples to worship false gods. And so what did God do? God said, you know what? I'm going to block your way. I'm going to keep you from getting to those temples where you can't worship those gods. And let's see what's happened. Let's see if they give you the things that you think that they are giving you. Let's see if they are blessing you the way you think they are blessing you. 
And so the idea, if I keep you, if I block you from getting there to worship these God, then you would turn around and come back home. Verse 9 says, therefore, I will take back my grain in its time and my wine in its season, and I will make uh, I will take my take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness. Now. The punishment for adultery, a woman caught in adultery back then was they would strip her naked to publicly embarrass her and then stone her to death. What Hosea is warning Gomer is that if you don't turn, if you don't stop, I'm getting ready to expose you publicly. I'm getting ready to strip you naked. Scripture says, so it'd be like in the time when she was born, I'm getting ready to expose you to everybody so everybody can see your horrid ways. So everybody can see your heart. So everybody can see what you've been up to. This is his warning. She is getting ready to be exposed. And here is the crazy thing. When we parallel parallel that with the children of Israel, they are going to these temples. They are worshiping other gods and they are thinking that these other gods are the source of their blessings. And yet and still they go to church. Verse 10 says, now I will uncover their lewdness in the sight of her lovers and no one shall rescue her out of my hand. And I will put an end to all her myrrh, her feasts, her new moons, her Sabbaths and all her appointed feasts. They were still going to all the the religious activities. While worshiping false gods. I've done that before. Have you? Have you done that? Spend so much time chasing after the world, but Sunday morning, you're the first one in church. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Church service is over. And we're back prostituting ourselves to the world. I love it. When Christians try to point fingers at other Christians. (laughs) I love it. And it's crazy how we are so quick to point out the sins of others and overlook our sins. We we think sometimes that everybody else stays stays the same, but I'm the only one God can change. And so we turn our nose up at people like Gomer. And we turn our nose up at people like the the children of Israel or we turn our nose up at people who've had trouble or fallen or been addicted to certain things and gotten themselves in certain troubles or living a certain lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. We turn our nose up to those people not realizing that we sin just as much, just in a different way. Truth be told, we've all played the whore. And if that offends you, I'm sorry.
But that's the truth. If we will all be honest with ourselves, we've been Gomer. We found ourselves in a place where we thought we had it. We thought we had it together. Or we thought, you know what? This is the source of everything I need, not knowing that was actually the source that was driving you away from your one true love. And that's God himself. Oh, but does things change? Hosea says, and I will lay waste to her vines, her fig trees, of which she says, these are my wages, which my lovers have given me. I will make them a forest and beasts of the field shall devour them. And I will punish her for the feast of days of Baal. When she burned offerings to them and adorned herself with her rings and jewelry and went after her lovers and forgot me, declares the Lord. God is like, I'm about to put an end to all that stuff. All that's done. No more chasing after other gods. No more chasing after other men. No more doing things con that contradict my will and my commands to you. But here's where the tables turn. Here's where we go from seeing Hosea being frustrated and angry and ready to publicly shame and divorce Gomer to having a change of heart. This is where we see a beautiful picture of restoration. Look at what verse 14 says, therefore behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Now, to allure someone is to powerfully charm someone. And Hosea's like, you know what? Come here, darling. <laughs> I know we done messed up. You know, but it's all good, darling. Can't you just tell the voice? Ship? Can't you just picture Hosea like getting that deep voice? Like, come here, baby. <laughs> I know we done messed up. Scripture said he's going to talk. He said, I will talk tenderly to her. He is trying to win her heart. And so when we see the picture of him saying, I'm going to lure her into the wilderness, it's different from earlier when she, he said, I'm going to shamefully put you out so you'll be a shameful, naked wanderer until the day you die to, I'm, gotta, I'm about to separate you and get you back to a place where you knew that I was the one. I'm about to make some people upset. <laughs> Husbands, you remember when you first met the, the woman of your dreams, how you chased her and pursued her and loved her. You know, y'all stayed on the phone to both of y'all was snoring. You know, you sleep? No, I'm not sleep. You sleep? Uh -uh, you know, y'all remember that? You know, we just couldn't get enough of each other. We always had to be in each other's presence. Wherever you went, she was there. If she wasn't, you were talking to her on the phone. Whatever you ate, she ate. Whatever she ate, you ate. You know, sometimes you even dressed alike. You know what I mean? It's, it's so 
in love. Hosea says, I'm getting back to that point. I'm going to get you away from all of this garbage. And we're going back to where we were in the beginning. What God is saying to the children of Israel, remember when you were in Egypt and you cried out to me and I rescued you? I parted the Red Sea, led you out of Egypt into the wilderness, into the place where the only person you had to depend on was me. And guess what? I gave you everything you needed. I provided that. Not other gods. That was me. Verse 15 says, and there I will give her her vineyards. And make the valley of Accor a door of hope, and there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. In verse 16, and in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my bow. And I will make them Make for them a covenant on the day with the beast of the fields and the birds of the heaven and the creeping things along the ground. What God is saying to the children of Israel. Everything I took from you, I'm getting ready to give it back. When you realize that I'm the source. Everything that was taken. I'm getting ready to give it back. And he said, I'm even going to make a covenant with the animals, with the creeping things, with the birds, so they won't even touch it. God is just that powerful. Can't you see the restoration? He says, I, and I will abolish the bow, the sword and war from the land and I will make you lie down in safety and I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. Verse 21, and in that day I will answer, declares the Lord. I will answer the heavens and they shall answer the earth because while they were in their promiscuity, while they were in their state of whoredom, God stopped the rain. He made the rain quit. So their crops couldn't grow. But God said, now that we are restored, now that you come to your senses and come back, I'm about to whisper to heaven and make it rain. I'm about to give you everything back that you lost. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil, and they shall answer Jezreel. And I will sow her for myself in the land. And man, here's that picture. Here is that beautiful picture. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. Here's my point. We all mess up. We all screw up. We all sin. We all go astray. We all find ourselves in dark places. 
we are uh, uh, chasing after other things or we are uh, trying to fit in in a world where we were created and made to stand out. We are sometimes trying to be relevant to a world that doesn't even love us. But God says, even if you've prostituted yourself to the world, I want you back. Come back home. Come back to me. You didn't get that from the world. You got that from me. Every single thing you need comes from me. Now, if you're experiencing a time in your life right now where it seems like nothing is going right, that might be God trying to get your attention. That might be God saying, come back. Come back home. Do not let pride keep you in the wilderness. Do not let pride stop you from coming back to God. We all screw up. We all mess up. Let me add this to it. Do not let pride and shame stop you from coming back to God. We've all been Gomer. Band, you guys can come back. We've all been Gomer. Let's be restored. When I was reading this text, I thought about where we were as a nation, as a people. We are worshiping any and everything other than God. We think it's the Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians or whoever that, that, that blesses us with the things that we have. We think if we put our trust in this party or put our trust in this party or put our trust in this man or that man or this woman or that woman, that everything for us would be OK. And that's a lie. If you are putting your trust in anything other than God, you are destined to fall. And I know it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get distracted. You get busy and you get focused on the things you have to do. And then we get so caught up in wanting to be so right sometimes that we overlook God's command to love him above everything else. So here's my question. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to stay on the path you're on, headed to destruction? Trying to find a way over the obstacles that God has put in your way to turn you back? Or are you going to come home? What are you going to do? And so my prayer is that we stop running from Hosea chapter 2 and take a deep dive into it. You know, the greatest thing you can do as a follower of Christ is to recognize your own unrighteousness. 
Because if you can recognize your own unrighteousness, then you understand the things you have to do to get right with God. But the problem is we have so many people proclaiming to be Christians and living a life totally that, that totally contradicts God <coughs> and don't even know it. Because we think we're smart enough that we can outsmart God. Because we think just because I've led thousands and thousands of people to Christ, that does not matter. If you are not right with God, it doesn't matter. The only thing, not the only thing, but one of the most important things that God is concerned about when it comes to his people is this thing right here, is the heart. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We can make laws, we can change rules, we can put anything in place, but until this thing changes, nothing else will. Until we realize who our source is, until we realize who our maker and our creator is. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care, you know, what, what you have. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. So my prayer, again, is that we realize that God is God. And we are his people. I don't want to live this life and stand in front of God. And he called me not my people. Be shameful. Because I've had so many opportunities to surrender my life, surrender my heart. I've had so many opportunities to come back home. We talked about this Monday night when we look at the story of the prodigal son and the mess he made of his life and the reaction of the father when he came home. God is waiting. See, here's the thing. That father could not have seen his son come home if he wasn't looking for him. God is looking for you. He is waiting. He is waiting to celebrate with you. He is waiting to adorn you with all of his grace and mercy and compassion and love. Just come home. Doesn't matter how bad you've messed up or how far you've gone away. God is waiting for you to come home. And if you've never had a relationship with Christ, if you've never surrendered yourself to Christ, now is the time. You can come now. Here's the altar. But here's the key. Once you come here, whatever you put down here, it's got to stay. You can't take it back with you. If you're coming to give your life to Christ, give it to him. Let him have it. Give him the control. Amen.
My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. And until then, God bless.